0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast. Today is a solo episode and I have a topic I want to dive into, and that's calorie deficit misconceptions. So I want to dive into you know some common misconceptions I hear around a calorie deficit, like what it is, what's not effective for weight loss, things like that. So I want to dive into that. But first, just want to go over a few ways you can help support the podcast. So, first, if you have found this podcast to be helpful in any way, if you could leave a rating and review, and that will help more people find this podcast. Next, I have my free masterclass on body recomp, what it is, how to do it. And then I also have my free masterclass on nutrition periodization. And that's what I call my long-term body recomp. So those two are nice to go hand in hand there. And the links to those are in the show notes. And again, they're completely free and a great resource there with that. So if you're interested in learning more, click the link in the show notes for that. Next, if you don't yet, give me a follow on Instagram, Jeff H O E H N, and that's where I'm most active. You can reach out with any questions on there as well. And then, lastly, I have if you're somebody who's you ever find yourself wondering what the perfect fitness phase is for your goals, what nutrition phase you need to do? Do you need to build? Do you need to cut? Do you need a recomp? Maybe you're just wondering how many workouts you need to have, how many time, how many sets to do per week? What are your macros? How to manage your hunger? If these are all, if all these questions sound familiar to you, then uh, we can. Set up a call to do a free 30 minute strategy call to dive through these things. We will map out a game plan and set you on the path to your fitness goals. And that's completely free. Just want to help get you on the right foot. So if you're interested in that, the link to book that free call is in the show notes there with that. So with those things out of the way, let's dive into today's topic. So again, I want to talk about calorie deficit misconceptions. And so again, there's just, I've seen things like, oh, hey, calorie deficit's not uh, effective for weight loss. And it just got me thinking, man, there's just a lot of misconceptions around it. And then also another kind of advice is, hey, just eat less and move more. And again, that's great, but it's going to go a little bit deeper than that. So first I want to start this conversation out by, I want to go over an overview of a calorie deficit, what it is, and then I want to go over the misconceptions. And then I want to wrap it up with a nice summary and some takeaways for you. Let's go over, you know, what it is. So real quick, I think this is important to to get out of the way. First, calorie deficit can be used interchangeably with an energy deficit. So you might hear an energy deficit, you might hear a calorie deficit. Those are common phrases you'll hear around this. It's the same thing. It's just two different ways to name it. And so what is it? What does it do? So it happens when you're taking in fewer calories than your body uses. The calorie deficit happens when your body burns more calories than you bring in through food. Think of it like a car running on less fuel. Your body relies On calories as energy, with that, right? Your body needs these calories to, for its basic bodily functions, it needs it to survive. And so, again, it's when your body expends less. Expend more energy than you bring in. In the state, your body turns to its reserves like stored fat or even muscle, potentially, right? Depends on what we do in this process to compensate for the calorie so- shortage. This whole process leads to weight loss over time, like your body using its saved up funds from fat. So again, that's how your body will use these, use this. And the amount of calories you bring in ultimately is going to be through food, right? That's how you'll get your calories is through food. So that's pretty straightforward. Where it can get a little confusing is the energy expendant, right? A lot of times people think that their energy you expend is just through like activity. And that's a big chunk of it. But again, like I said, there's also processes that you don't really under, that you don't see and that you, you probably don't think about. Right. So again, things that just keep you alive, right? Just basic bodily functions that, that makes up a big chunk of how many calories you burn per day. And then we also have when you eat food that uses energy or that costs energy to absorb and digest that food as well too. So Again, it's not just from exercise. So that's an overview. Again, a calorie deficit is when your body needs, basically there's a shortage of energy coming in, so it needs to use its reserves, its energy reserves. And again, that's in the form of store fat and potentially even muscle, but we obviously want to try to limit that. Let's go over the first misconception here. First misconception of a calorie deficit is it is a diet style slash a way of eating. So what I mean by that is a calorie deficit isn't a diet style like say keto or like Mediterranean or low carb, okay? This isn't telling us that's the way like a certain diet. A lot of times people will be like, oh, that calorie deficit didn't work for me. Or, oh, do I need to do that calorie deficit? Get some sort of like diet, like you choose like keto, right? What we'll do things like keto and Mediterranean diet, low carb diet, carnivore. For people who are trying to elicit weight loss, what they do is they get you into a calorie deficit, right? So it's like the outcome, right? So we went over initially a calorie deficit is when your body is not getting, is not getting as much energy or it's expending more energy than what you're bringing in. So again, that's where you, again, a calorie deficit is a physiological state. Your body enters when you consume fewer calories and the expense, and you can do this in many different ways. It's not like you just need to, there's not one way to go about it. Okay. So again, it's not a diet style. You can get there by choosing a diet style, right? Because if you say go keto, well, now you're pretty much taking out a complete food group. And a lot of those foods, if you just cut out carbs, there's the, that's going to take out a big chunk of food throughout your day. So you end up consuming fewer calories throughout the day. Another way you could get there is through time-restricted eating. Again, this isn't for sure going to be going to work. If you cut out an entire period of time when you eat, you may consume fewer calories overall. You could do this by expending more energy. You can move more as well. And you can also do a combination of these things. So there's a lot of different things that we can do here. You could track your calories, right? You could control it from that standpoint. So there's a lot of different ways to get into a calorie deficit, but it's not a diet style. It's not something that you necessarily follow. And saying this, your food choices and movement are the big levers that can influence this balance. Your food choices are probably the biggest one. Movement works up until a point. Once you get to this, say you're pretty active, it's like if you become even more active, you are pulled that lever from a movement standpoint. From there, you probably need to focus more on the diet side of things. Is it, you know, making better food choices overall? Is it tracking your calories? Is it following a certain diet style? Is it following a meal plan? Is it using time restricted feeding? These are all strategies that we can potentially use to help you consume fewer calories to get you into a calorie deficit, but you don't choose to be in a calorie deficit, right? You do things that get you to a calorie deficit um, there with that. So that's the first kind of misconception there is that it's this way of eating. Number two, the second misconception, a calorie deficit is a one size fits all number. There's no universal magic number for car- calories or cardio that fits everyone. Factors like genetics, exercise, medications, and other things play a massive role. So 2,500 calories might be a deficit for some, while others might need 1,200 calories. So there isn't this going to be this magic amount that's going to work for everybody. Now, yes, probably 500 calories would work for everybody, but that's also not sustainable either. There is, you are going to have to have some trial and error here to figure out what that calorie deficit is. People too often think that because lost weight on a specific calorie amount that they should as well, but it doesn't work like that. And so this is why if someone says, oh, hey, just follow a 1200 calorie diet, that might be good for you. It might not be, that might be too big of a deficit for you, or it might not be enough. Hopefully you're not that person that it's not enough because then there's probably something else going on, or you just, you hit the slow metabolism lottery there with that. But most people- most people, 1,200 calories is going to be very low. And if anything, it may be too big of a deficit for people to stick with there with that. But again, there is not a one size fits all number. It's going to be very individual to the person. Some people are lucky and they can eat 2,500 calories and they get into a calorie deficit. They have the right genetics there. They have a pretty large body. They have a good amount of muscle, right? These would all be some things that you can get to stack in your favor there with that. Myth, misconception number three, a calorie deficit is not effective for weight loss. You hear this thought that oh, it's hormones; it's not the it's not calories that matter. And there is some truth to that. Hormones certainly matter, and they certainly play a role. But the fundamental principle of consuming fewer calories and you expend consistently drives your body to break down stored energy to make up for the energy deficit. Okay, and it's not an either or scenario. It's the synergy of both energy balance in your hormones that makes the way for successful, sustainable weight loss. Making better food choices or cutting out, reducing calorie dense foods often leads to a deficit for many without realizing it. Again, simple as that. But a lot of people that have issues eliciting weight loss from a calorie deficit through through tracking, either one, don't improve food quality and just try to fin, fit in too many tasty foods, or they have poor tracking accuracy, consistency. I've talked about this multiple times in the past. And what ends up happening is they consume more calories than they think in this process. Okay. If you are somebody that like is having trouble losing weight from a from again you're like, oh hey, I'm going to try this calorie deficit. So I'm going to track calories. But If you don't improve your food quality you're still just trying to eat whatever you can like as many tasty foods as possible you're probably going to consume more calories than you think even though you're tracking 1300 or whatever you're probably eating closer to 17 1800 and maybe that's closer to your maintenance or again, you have poor tracking accuracy slash consistency. So maybe you, you're you new to tracking, so your skill's not there, right? It is a skill and it takes time to develop and get better at. So again, maybe you're accidentally under-reporting. But on the other hand, maybe your consistency isn't there and you track three days out of the week. It's, you think you're doing enough, but you really need to be very consistent with the tracking, right? So you end up just consuming more calories than you think. And so it's, oh, I'm eating 1200 calories. I can't lose weight. It must be my hormones. But really, it's just you're consuming more calories than you think. So again, this leads to many people saying a calorie deficit does not work for weight loss. But in these scenarios, these people are not actually in a calorie deficit despite aiming for it, right? And then they go and then they try something like a keto diet and it's, oh, keto worked for me because I was able to drop weight. Part of it probably was some water weight, but at the same time, you actually got into a calorie deficit by following keto. You weren't actually in a deficit when you were tracking your food. So there's that. But as far as like The hormones go, again, they certainly play a role. A lot of times with the hormones, the issue is the things you're doing to your body that are causing it, right? It's not necessarily the hormones, it's your lifestyle and what you're trying to do. So you might need to look at your approach. Are you somebody who maybe you don't get great sleep? you, You don't manage your stress very well. You don't have good food quality. You try to fat, like you try to cardio your way to fat loss. Again, your hormone profile is probably not in a great spot and you could probably improve your methods before saying that it's the calories, right? So again, hormones certainly play a role. Insulin certainly plays a role, but again, in those those situations, always look at lifestyle and see what that's like. And there's usually something off from like a sleep standpoint, stress management standpoint, the food timing, food quality standpoint, and like just their methods around training and what they're doing there in combination with the recovery and whatnot. So again, calories and hormones certainly both play a role, but it it's both of them. And then again, if you're not seeing results from trying to get it into a calorie deficit, chances are you're consuming more calories than you think and or you're just not as consistent as you need to be with that. So misconception number four, it's the same as tracking calories. So I hear this all the time of, oh, I tried to do a calorie deficit. And again, people think that they're, by tracking their calories, that means they're doing a calorie deficit, Right but it's not the same thing. Tracking calories is a tool that can help control your caloric intake, but it's not the same as being in a calorie deficit. While tracking can be an effective tool, it isn't 100% accurate and it isn't the only way to get into a calorie deficit. Like I talked about, there's many ways to do this and to get into a calorie deficit. Remember, a calorie deficit is a physiological state where you're consuming less energy than your body needs or you're consuming less energy than your body is expending throughout the day. Tracking is a way to get us there, but it's not a sure thing that's going to work because again, you could be under-reporting, you could be eating more calories than what you need to drop weight. And again, we know that tracking is 100% accurate all the time. So these things can throw you off there with that. But I think the big takeaway with this one is just because you're tracking your calories, that's a way to help you get to a calorie deficit. It's not like the thing that's going to get you to a calorie deficit, right? It's a tool to help us get there. It's a tool that we can use to make it easier to get into a calorie deficit, right? Because when you track, you can be, you can learn more about what's in each food, but then you can also see how much you're actually eating. And it's a way to control that. Whereas if we just go off of how we feel and what we feel in the moment, again, it could be, it's pretty challenging to get into, to, to stay in, to maintain a calorie deficit for extended periods of time, if we're not tracking it. I just know for me personally, in my in, in, in the past, had I tried to stay in a calorie deficit without tracking, it would have just been very challenging. I would have, I would have over uh, eaten also just recently had a conversation with a client and they mentioned that like they're struggle, like we, they've been having a tough time getting into a calorie deficit and we're just uncovering what is, what are the things that are holding them back? And now one of the things we talked about is the potential tracking errors and for him, he realizes that if he's not tracking his more calorie-dense food, things like trail mix, butter, oils, condiments, things like that, it's really easy for him to um, over-consume because, again, there's harder. the serving sizes are smaller and it's harder to moderate it, right? By tracking his calories, that's allowing him to get that dialed in a little bit more and realize, oh, crap, I have to eat a little bit less of that type of food. So, again, it's just a tool in the toolbox that we can use to help you there. It's not like it's going to be the sure thing that's going to get you to drop weight. So misconception number five, it's a static number. Deficit isn't a static number. As you lose weight, your body adapts and becomes more efficient in most situations. So initially 2000 calories might work, but eventually adjustments might be needed due to increased thriftiness. For example, I have clients who are they're cruising along at a certain calorie amount, weight's turning down, then all of a sudden it starts to slow down. Again, could it be adherence? We're always going to look into that and see if adherence is the problem. But there are some times when adherence isn't the issue and their body just started to adapt to that lower calorie amount. And so we had to make an adjustment and drop calories down again. And then it jump started their weight loss, right? That's happened many times with clients. So I think the kind of misconception is that, oh, hey, 1800 calories got me to drop weight now or got me to drop weight initially. So I just need to stay there and ride it out. And again in in many cases you are able to do that, but in some cases you're not always able to do that and you do need to make an adjustment with that. So again, it's not a static number and this will change over time based on your lifestyle, your exercise, activity, sleep, stage of life. These are all going to be things that could potentially impact that number to where you need to make an adjustment because again, just because it worked before doesn't necessarily mean it will work again. It's not going to change massively, but again, it might be something that you could be off by 100, 200 calories and that can add up over time. So just understand that it's not a static number and these things may change over time misconception number six it's easy all you need to do is eat less and move more and this is one that I just commonly see you can't lose weight just, you just need to you just need to eat less and move more and, and it just makes it sound so simple which on paper theoretically yes it is fairly simple that is what you need to do but it's much more complex than that for one in today's world getting to it getting into a calorie deficit just it isn't simple movement is becoming tougher to come by not, not it's not that's probably not the right word. It's not becoming tougher. It's just that it's easier to be more sedentary in today's world. And tempting calorie dense foods are everywhere, right? You see it on TV. When you go to the supermarket, when you drive down the street, there th- these tastier foods are usually cheaper and more convenient, right? We're busy. We got a lot of things going on. We don't have time to cook a full meal. What's going to be easy is getting that going through the drive through or picking up something quick at the gas station or something like that. So it's Today's the modern envir- environment just makes it very challenging to get into a calorie deficit. And then on top of it, not only that, but our bodies are evolved, have evolved to make it tougher to lose weight because again, we got to think thousands of years ago, we didn't have this abundance of food around. We didn't know when our next meal was going to come. We've been able to, our bodies adapt it from survival perspective to to be able to fight weight loss with the thought that, hey, it might be a little bit before we get our next, before we get some calories in. Whereas today, that's not a problem that, that most people have. If you're listening to this podcast, we don't have that issue. You can go and get food anytime, anywhere, and you're good to go. So the approach of eat less, move more oversimplifies a process that takes time and understanding, right? It goes deeper than that. With a lot of clients that come in, they think that's going to be the thing, but we start to dive into their day-to-day. Hey, when you get poor sleep, like that's going to impact your hunger and cravings. When you're more stressed, that's going to impact your hunger and cravings. When you eat this type of food that impacts your hunger and craving is going to make it challenging or more easier for you to get into a calorie deficit. So. Uncovering all these things is a huge part of the coaching process, and what we dive into and figure out: what are the things that are keeping you from getting into the calorie deficit, like we we want there. But again, this kind of approach of oh, you just need to eat less and move more. I have found that to sometimes hurt people in the long run, because then it gets them in that mindset of, oh, hey, just eat as little as possible, skip meals, eat as little calorie as possible in, in meals. And that ends up leading to more hunger and cravings down the line. And it just makes it really challenging to stick to a calorie deficit over time and then move more. It's, oh, okay, cool. So I don't need to eat a lot. And then if I do eat, I just need to go and do a ton of cardio, earn it off. And again, that can lead to a very roller coaster, uh, essentially is the best way to, to put that. So Again, it's not easy. It's something that it it takes some work and it's, it's relentless and you need to be consistent. So again, while on paper, yes, we can simplify it by saying you just need to eat less and move more. There's a lot more nuance that goes into that. So the last misconception is you can eat whatever you want in a calorie deficit a lot of times you'll see, oh, hey, I'm tracking calories. Oh, cool. You can eat that when you're tracking your calories. And again, that is a benefit of tracking calories is you have a little bit of flexibility. You don't have to be rigid on, oh, hey, you just need to eat chicken, broccoli and rice, but people take that too far. And then they try to fit too many tasty foods into their calorie deficit, right? So focusing solely on calories can lead to neglecting nutrient quality while deficit matters, right? At the end of the day, calories in, calories out is the most important thing. This is where you hear this argument of, oh, it's not just calories, it's hormones or It's the food you eat. Calorie isn't just a calorie. Each calorie is different. There is some truth to that, but at the end of the day, like if you can get into a calorie deficit, you can eat what like you theoretically can get into a calorie deficit by eating whatever you want. It just becomes more challenging if you don't have a good base of whole food in this process. And then on top of it, the nutritional value of your foods also affects your overall health and well-being. If we do, well, say you have eighteen hundred calories to work with, and you just try to fit in as many tasty foods as possible, processed foods, stuff like that, things that you think are the tastiest foods again, you're probably going to be lacking some vitamins and minerals that you need to feel good. You're probably not going to have a good balance of macros. You're probably not going to get enough fiber. And these things are going to impact your ability to be able to stick to a calorie deficit for extended periods of time. This is what I commonly see where when we have clients start tracking their food, a good amount is just all over the place. It's just, it's usually processed stuff, on the go type stuff. Just they try to fit in whatever they can. And the, we find that then they can stick to a calorie deficit for a little bit. And then something happens where they have a day where they go way over, or they have multiple days where they go way over. And then over multiple weeks, they end up just maintaining their weight. It's not moving in the direction we want. And partly that is because of the choices they're making in their meals. And they don't have a good base of whole food to really help them feel full, get them the vitamins and minerals they need to sustain that calorie deficit. Because again, we know it's challenging to do over time, like I mentioned. So those are the misconceptions. So I want to wrap up with how to know you're in a calorie deficit. What does that look like? And then some things to to potentially look out for. There were some things I have found to be helpful to sustain a calorie deficit. So first, how do you know you're in one? So how we do this is we look at clients' weight. We have them track their weight. They first thing in the morning, post-bathroom, pre-food or drink. And they they put it down, they take it three times a week and then we take the average for the week. And then from there, we look to see where that weekly, that the average for the week, where that's trending over time. If it's staying the same, you're at your energy maintenance, right? If it's trending up over time, you're in some sort of surplus. If it's trending down over time, you're in a deficit, right? So that's how we know if you're in a deficit or not. And again, it's not just one week to the next. It's, hey, over three, four, five weeks, has that weight trended down? If so, you're in a deficit. If it stayed about the same, you're close to maintenance. If it's trending down just a tiny amount, you're in a small calorie deficit. What I will say on this is in situations where... Maybe your weight's not moving down as much as you want, but then you look and your clothes are fitting better. Measurements are going down, particularly in the midsection. You're getting stronger. You're probably recomping, um, and there's some muscle building and fat loss going on at the same time, which is great. A lot of times people get so caught up in seeing their weight trend down that they forget to look at other metrics of progress. And again, your clothes fitting better, getting looser in the midsection, measurements going down like that's a sign that you're changing your body. And really, to me, that's a be- that I would much rather see that than somebody seeing their weight. Turn down pretty quickly and they're not really getting stronger. They're not feeling great in the process. I would much rather see something like that. Again, just understand that the only time this isn't true about the calorie deficit is if, you know, you are recomping, and and that's a good thing there with that. So some ways that to help clients get into a calorie deficit. So protein, make sure protein is not super low. I think 0. 0.8 to one gram per pound of body weight is a good place to be in. Make sure they're dropping weight, but not dropping weight too quickly. I like to do about 0.5 to 0.75% of body weight loss per week by taking that average. Anything more than that, I just find it's, they can get into, they can stick to a calorie deficit for a couple of weeks, but then long-term, it's just very challenging to do with that movement. Make sure you're getting some cardio in, but you're also just doing some low impact movement like steps. Anywhere from six to 10,000 per day is a good number to hit there with that. Make sure you have a good base of whole food. So make sure you get some fruit and veggie in there. Make sure you get some carbohydrates, carbs that are going to be high in fiber or solid too, oats, quinoa, beans, potatoes, sweet potatoes, rice, brown rice. Like these are, I think I said quinoa. These are all solid options on there. We just want to have a good base of whole food. Again, that's going to give you the vitamins and minerals you need. That's also going to keep you feeling full and much tougher for you to overeat. Make sure sleep's in a good spot. Make sure you're managing stress, right? High stress can lead to more hunger and cravings, which is going to make sticking to a calorie deficit very challenging. Sleep, same thing. You're not going to be as motivated. You're not going to make as good of decisions. You're more likely to say, screw it. And then also sleep's going to increase your cravings as well too. And again, it's going to make it challenging to stick to a calorie deficit. So these are all things I do with clients to help them stick to a calorie deficit. I also wanted to go over one other thing. I had this conversation with a client yesterday. And this was something that he never really put two and two together. He was finding that, so for one, he works overnight shifts. So that's challenging enough. That's challenging enough. But there were some days when he would come home from his overnight shift and he wouldn't eat breakfast, his dinner, right, before he'd go to sleep. And then he so he wouldn't eat so there's that gap and in his mind it was like okay cool I'm not eating those calories that's good I want to drop weight so that's those are calories I'm not eating but then what would happen what we found out through conversation is that then later on he'd get super hungry he'd he would be craving tasty foods and then he would eat those foods he was hungry and it was really hard to moderate And next thing you know now he's getting himself now he's consuming more calories than we want for his goal and so for him it was connecting the dots of hey. Yes, we want to eat less. We want to find ways to manage your caloric intake, but that doesn't mean to just, just you eating as little as possible is the best way to go, right? Because that's always going to come back. You can't really trick the body that way. Our goal for him now is to make sure that he doesn't skip meals. He eats regularly to see if that helps his hunger and cravings there with that. And again, that should be something that helps him moderate much better. We think we can trick the body by just eating less at certain periods of time, but uh, again, the, the body's smart and it, it knows when it's not getting enough energy. And again, it's going to the hunger you get, the more meals you skip, things like that, the more your body's going to crave those calorie dense foods there. With that. If you are somebody who struggled with maintaining a calorie deficit, or maybe you need help with improving your food quality, maybe you need help taking a break from fat loss, or maybe you have questions around what your macros need to be to help keep your hunger at bay. I have my free 30 minute strategy call to help you with that. Again, we'll dive into this, get you going in the right direction. The link to that is in the show notes and that's it for now. And I will talk to you guys next time.